Welcome to episode four of Keep On with Abigail Wallace. This one's called Don't Judge Me for My Troubles. Our family has faced our hardest times yet these last few weeks. We've expanded our circle of helpers and burden sharers. It's humbling. Yesterday, my sobs stopped the ladies' prayer time cold. But today, I want to share something good coming out of all this. I'm learning not to judge. Judge not. Oh, sure, I already knew that. To walk a mile in his shoes and take the log out of my own eye first. But through this back doorway, these last months of parenting are peeling off judgmental layers I didn't know I had. I'm embarrassed to admit it. Judge not feels now too obvious to state, but what is plain as day to some is as clear as mud to others. In some dark nights, this truth did not shine brightly. It was not front and center when my friends passed through this valley. The truth is for you who are in a world of hurt, and I'm writing this to you who aren't in that painful world now, but love someone who hurts. I want you to know this when you are tried, and I want you to remember it when you see hard times come to others, so that you don't assume you know why the trouble came. Don't assume. It is both massive caution and immense relief. So what is this brilliant truth? We must not assume that troubles are proportional. Life is not a formula. We must not assume that suffering and prosperity are distributed in proportion to the bad or good that a person does. It's the rule of justice that if we live by faith and obey Christ, health and ease will come. And if we don't, it won't. Remember Job? His counselors gave him many iterations of this principle. None of them helped. Everyone hurt. We can hear it in the words of Job's friend Eliphaz. First, Eliphaz observes, As I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. Job 4.8 That's the assumption. Job's suffering must be a punishment for some secret sin. For, as Eliphaz adds, The wicked man writhes in pain all his days. Job 15.20 Then Eliphaz gets even more personal. Is not your evil abundant? There is no end to your iniquities. Job 22.5 You reap what you sow is biblical. See, for example, Galatians 6.7, Hosea 10.13, Proverbs 1.31. As a general principle, you reap what you sow is true. But sometimes, someone said, what looks like a harvest is not a harvest. Job knew that. He was right when he said, The evil man is spared in the day of calamity. Job 21.30 And the suffering of Job was the suffering of a man blameless and upright, who feared God and shunned evil. Job 1.1 No, life doesn't work like this. Trouble is not a proportional thing. So don't judge that way. None of us like to admit to being judges like this, judges with evil, or at least self-protective thoughts. But I know I, for one, revert. I fall back into thinking that if I live by faith, I will be spared of trouble on earth. 
but God is teaching me to stop judging myself and others that way. Because the earthly outcome of genuine faith is not the same. That's just now not how God does it. God does not spare his children from suffering. The good die young and the good die old. The length of a man's days and the trouble he sees in those days does not reveal his faith. In other words, don't judge a man's faith by the suffering in his life. Don't judge your sister's faith by the hardship she endures. Please don't assume the cancer came because she was lazy or a glutton or the prodigal was formed by negligence or nagging. Don't assume the conflict means she is stuck in her own way and the lost job means he was a bad worker. No, trouble is not so simple, not so black and white. The rule, not the exception. We see this truth throughout scripture. Righteous and afflicted, Job is exhibit A. Blameless and long childless, Zechariah and Elizabeth are exhibit B. Apostle Paul, who was thorn poked, is exhibit C. The man born blind, and it was not for his sin or his parents, is exhibit D. John the Baptist, among those born of women, was not anyone greater, and Herodias took his head, is exhibit E. The list could go on and on. In other words, we can't judge a man's faith by the trials in his life. God's ways are higher. For who has understood the mind of the Lord? Ours is a non-coddling God. Aslan is not a tame lion. Our God is in the heavens and he does whatever pleases him. He has mercy on whom he chooses and he makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. His righteousness endures forever. In the end, hallelujah and amen, there is a crown for the righteous. Heaven awaits, then we will see Jesus face to face. But we make a grave mistake if we think we can judge the genuineness, purity, and depth of one's face by looking at the trials that he or she experiences in this life. My friends, we can't do this. The end of Hebrews 11 tells us why. It does not permit us to believe that a life of faith guarantees pain-free, both by faith. Hebrews 11 verses 32b to 39 make this case. For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. 
all of these were commended. All of these are in the hall of faith. Both were commended. By faith, some conquer kingdoms and some are tortured to death. By faith, some become mighty and some are stoned. And by faith, some raise godly sons and daughters and some endure prodigal wandering. Our faith is not the ultimate factor in whether we suffer or prosper. It's not even the determining factor in if our own kids follow Christ, his sovereign will and wisdom and love will decide what trials I face. Our friends may not understand. They may still judge. Our trials might be too traumatic for others to share. I get that too. But in the end, isn't this truth comforting? Our faith is not the final determiner of our trials. Hebrews 11 makes that abundantly clear. Some shut the mouths of lions, some were sawn in two, and both were commended for their faith. Swords and more swords. God can and does deliver his people by faith. He even performs miracles for them. God changed the normal way things work so that his people were helped or rescued from danger or death. We see that in Hebrews verses 32 to 35a. But God doesn't always rescue the faithful from suffering. Some escaped the edge of the sword, verse 34, and others were put to death with the sword, verse 37. Both are commended for their faith. In other words, having genuine faith in God is no guarantee of comfort and security in this life. John Piper says it is crucial that we see the agonies God's people sustained in verses 35 through 38, that they come by faith. The trials come by faith, not because of unbelief. Piper draws this out of the text in two ways. First, in Hebrews 11, verse 33, notice that the list begins with who by faith conquered kingdoms, etc., and without a break continues into all the miseries of verses 35 through 38. It is by faith that others were tortured and others experienced mockings and floggings. All this misery is received and endured by faith. The other way to see this is in verse 39, which looks back on all the sufferings described in verses 35 through 38 and says, and all these, that is, all the suffering people were commended through their faith. In other words, the suffering and misery and destitution and torture of God's people in verses 35 through 38 was not owing to God's disapproval. Rather, God's approval is resting on them because of their faith. The miseries and sufferings were endured, not diminished by faith. John Piper, faith to be strong and faith to be weak. So don't miss this, please, my faithful suffering friends. God's approval is resting on you because of your faith. Keep on. But why do we judge this way? I told my parenting woes and some other troubles to a friend last week. Then I confessed that I assumed. 
I assumed that behind all troublesome teens were problematic parents, over-controlling, hypocritical, neglectful, or some vile combination of those. And then she said something surprising, insightful, really. She said she thought we did this formula thing, not so much because we're smug, judgmental beasts, but because we want to protect ourselves, because we want to believe that if we do X, Y, and Z, this thing that happened to her won't happen to me. I think my friend is absolutely right. I think we look for the flaws and the sins and those suffering, like Job's friends did, as a way to sort of insulate ourselves. If I don't pair it like that, then my kids won't turn out like that. If I don't eat that, I won't look like that or feel like that. If I don't do that, I won't get cancer. We desperately want to know the cause. Because if we know the cause, we can avoid the cause. We can reduce life to a formula to protect ourselves and those we love, or so we think. And there may be some truth in each of these examples. Healthy lifestyles do promote health, but they will always break down. And the formula approach shatters in the context of faith and troubles. In shards and smithereens, it shatters. Joyful suffering also shatters. It shatters assumptions. A new friend joined our Thursday ladies group a couple of months ago. Jan was there last week for my hot mess sob fest. She heard me get so choked up I had to pause the prayer. But you'll never guess what Jan said an hour later. She said, thanks. When I first met you, you seemed so strong and joyful. I assumed your life was all good. But now I hear this side and I see your tears and just thank you. Many things in this life are utterly opposite from the way they seem. We wouldn't think that God would send his beloved to the wilderness to be tested or let all but one of his closest friends suffer persecution and martyrs' deaths? We wouldn't think. My trials are tiny compared to the persecution described in Hebrews 11 and to Job's and to the disciples. But I've read about the life and death of God's children, and I've seen a few friends suffer unto death. And I know they have heard, well done, good and faithful your gift to the world. Which brings me back to John Piper's last point on that message from the end of Hebrews 11. Here's what he says. When the precious children of God are permitted to suffer and be rejected and mistreated and go destitute, afflicted and be mistreated, God is giving a gift to the world. He is gracing the world He is shedding his love abroad in the world because in those who suffer and die in the unshakable assurance of hope in God, the world is given a message and a picture. The Lord himself is better than life. Turn, oh, turn and believe. Who would have thought it that the suffering are a gift to the world? There is none like him on the earth.
a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Remember who described Job in such glowing terms? And again, all these were commended for their faith. So judge not. When a man is right with God, God puts his honor in that man's keeping. Job was one of those in whom God staked his honor, and it was during the process of his inexplicable ways that Job makes his appeal for mercy. And yet, all through, there comes out his implicit confidence in God. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me, says our Lord. Oswald Chambers, baffled to fight better. Well, friends, thanks for listening. That was a longer one, heavy on my heart. And for you friends who are listening, who stuck with me, I want to give you a big old air hug through this podcast. Thank you. You're a gift. And to everyone out there, keep on.